Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. J.C. Sykes is the co-owner of 90 Degree Construction, LLC, where she is a carpenter, and she is the founder and executive director of Black Girls Build, Inc. She lives and works in Belleville, Illinois, where she enjoys giving back to her community through DIY workshops with Black Girls Build, mentoring and modeling entrepreneurship, healthy mentalities, and generational wealth building. JC is the author of the children's book, Bugging a Bug, and the memoir, My A-R-R-A, My Era, okay, Growing Into Me, a memoir of perseverance over misguidance. Welcome to the Hazard Girls podcast, JC. Hey, how are you? (laughs) I'm delighted to be here. I'm so glad you're here. I heard about you, JC, through Amy Rusa. Amy's the founder of the Safety Wrap, which reviews women's yes. and equipment and workwear. And she had just gotten off the phone with you, I think, a few weeks yeah. ago. And she immediately got in touch with me. And she's like, Emily, you need to interview JC for Hazard Girls. <laughs> she did. She was, she was so awesome. And she was like all over it. She was like, look you have to meet and talk to her. She's got a podcast. This was great. <laughs> I'm like, let's do it. <laughs> you know, Simon was crazy, but I'm just like, forget it. Let's do it. Why not? Yeah. Well, it was a great introduction. I'm glad we connected and yes. that we're able to, to, to learn about Absolutely. your organization and the work that you're doing. Um, can you, first of all, so I know I do want to hear a, a little bit about your background and how you got into carpentry and everything. But first, can you just tell us what is Black Girls Build? So Black Girls Build is a nonprofit organization that brings boldness and authority to all women and young girls by providing exposure and opportunity to the construction industry. And what that means is if you are interested in learning anything in the construction industry, we start off with teaching you the basics. We have a safety carpentry um, and safety and basics carpentry um, workshop. That's mandatory. So that's the one that everybody, no matter what, has to take when you take one of our workshops, because that teaches you the safety, it teaches you the PPE, it teaches you all of the things you need to know that you're going to use for whatever project you're working on. It also teaches you how to use the equipment and the tools properly, because as women, one of the things we fear most is getting hurt, of course. And um, that was one of my biggest fears when I first started also was the saw. Oh man, they show you all these videos where you can like cut something off and they really do do it graphically. So one of the things, <laughs> one of the things I target right out the gate is safety and um, comfort, because learning from a woman, it doesn't matter what color I am, and I say that because the word, the name Black Girls Build has brought about much controversy, because a lot of people like to say, oh, it's racist or it's bigot and things like that. I'm not first. I'm not the one. I'm not one who's shy to call out any of those conversations or have those hard topic conversations, but Black Girls Build is simply just because that's what I am. I'm a Black girl who saw a problem when I was in the union. Not a problem just for me. It was a problem for all women, you Mm -hmm. know, and construction is not a a Black and white thing. 
it's unfortunately, it really is a man versus woman thing. So again, when I left the union, didn't leave them on great terms because it was more of that conscious and unconscious bias with that gender gap in construction. Mm -hmm. And so okay. Black Girls, yeah, that's so how Black, Black Girls yeah, was born. And I, so it's an affinity group. I mean, I think there's nothing wrong with, I think it's actually not that there's nothing wrong with it. It's very important to have yeah. groups that um, show us people that look like ourselves and not everybody is going to look the same. So you, everybody has to have other people that look like them to look up to as mentors and Absolutely. as role models. It's important. Absolutely. So, so funny, JC, I was in a, a meeting and I was talking to a group of people about that this topic and men and women about this topic and um they were saying like what's a controversial issue that would be something interesting to talk about and i said just a a group of women is a controversial issue because there yeah. are people who think you don't need affinity groups yeah there are people that actually think there are no problems absolutely <laughs> this isn't needed everything's fair already oh so, yes so it, you, what you're doing is you're creating by having black girls build you're creating an affinity group and I think it's it's like another hurdle that we have to overcome with these groups sometimes is just explaining why they have to exist. Yes. I mean, so, that is like, you nailed it. Yeah. You so, nailed it. So we get it. <laughs> so, but talk to, us, talk to us a little bit about what you're doing. So I know you, you explained you have, you have workshops. Is it, uh, is it set up like a school? So it's not a set up like a school yet. Yes, that is a goal. You know, that is definitely what I'm aiming for. I've been, had it um, recommended a couple of times turning into, uh, you know, apprenticeship school. But first mm -hmm. of all, that takes money and it takes a solid foundation and team, which we do not have. One of the things I learned, I'm new to the whole non-for-profit thing. And mm -hmm. um, it was never even my intention to make BGB a non-for-profit. I just said, you know what? I'm going to start just training the women and I'm going to charge how much I'm going to charge this for a workshop. And then someone was like, you know what, if you make this a non-for-profit, you can get some funding. Well, getting funding isn't as easy as we thought it would be. Um, it's very time consuming. And as a carpenter, um, my time is very limited. The only mm -hmm. reason I've had so much time to build my platforms later, lately, because I'm kind of healing from a shoulder injury. But um, mm. what we're doing is like a work. It is. I would love to do these monthly. I would even love to do them weekly at some point. But right now, I am the only female instructor. I'm the only instructor. I have taught um, some of my board members how to, you know, execute the workshops and things like that. I've had a workshop for the board of directors, so they all know how to do the things I'm doing. But I'm still the, the number one instructor and, uh, you know, kind of coordinating everything. So it's, my plate is full and I'm still working, mm -hmm. still having contracts and, you know, having to build and do this over there. So it's just a matter of balance and me finding the right, hold the whole thing that I need to make this thing work more smoothly. When we do the workshops, it's more like they're two days. Mm -hmm. um, they're like five, five hours each day. First day we go over safety um, basics mm -hmm. and um, show them, you know, all the safety stuff. We walk through, introduce ourselves, um, show, the, show the women what they're going to be learning, give them a kind of a blueprint of what they're going to, so it's an entryway bench. And so they have a little blueprint they'll be able to go off of. And after we teach them how to use the tape, tape measures and the miter saw and the router and things like that, then we send them on their way to get these projects going. So while they're working on their projects, we have volunteers. A lot of the women who previously took the workshops come back to volunteer because they knew how they felt and they're able to help the new women out, out come those, oh, this is a saw, it's gonna, you know, and so 
it has been very, very united in a way that, you know, I could never have, I never even imagined the, the, the unity would yeah. come together the way it did because these women, it's like suddenly all the problems they have are out of the window. They come in, they don't know each other. They help each other. They want the next person to get as far as they are. And then at the end of the workshop, two, day two is like, we're just picking up where we left off from day one. Most of the women get finished then day one. Day two, we kind of freestyle. So I have all these scrap woods and all this stuff from active job sites we have because I'm huge on recycling. I mean, the construction industry is so wasteful. They they throw away so much good material. And I'm that one like, oh, nope, that's a chunk of wood. We're going to do something with that. And so... <laughs> Um, I take all of the scrap material and I let the women's freestyle on the next day. So if you, a lot of women came in, they were like, oh, I got a dog. I got a cat. I can make a bed. And literally I have footage with these women freestyling, making stuff. Cause now they know how to use the impact. They know how to use the tape measure. They know how to use the Microsoft confidently. And so it's not just about building. We literally build up your self-esteem, your confidence, you know, you know, everything that you thought you never could do because you're a woman or you're a girl. Well, I'm here to show you, yeah, no, nah, that ain't it. We can do all <laughs> the things that we want to do. And, you know, it's just, you know, you got to have tough skin. And what I do, I have worked alongside hundreds of men, if not thousands. And um, they definitely, suddenly, you're definitely reminded that you're a girl, mm-hmm. not even a woman. It's it's like uh, you're you're taking a man's manhood by working in construction. And mm-hmm. so just as many people love me for what I'm doing. I have twice as many who absolutely despise what I'm doing because I'm disruptive. What I'm doing is very disruptive. The youngsters absolutely love it because we have a bunch of arts and crafts set up for them. I let them kind of get a feel on some of the um, actual tools we use. They use an impact. They've used a little nail, um, the little stapler and for a little girl to have something that they see their daddy use, mm-hmm. oh man, it's such a prideful moment because come on, so it's daddy's girls. How, how old are the, uh, tell me about the age range. And um, I'm also interested in what's the end goal? Is this just like an, in, is it an introduction to what this is carpentry or is it the goal to get into the actual field? To work? All of that, all of it. Um, the age, the age range is from five to 13. That's the children's workshop. Mm-hmm. And after that is 14 and up, which is the adult workshop. Mm-hmm. And so that's a different, I'm wanting to get it to where people can take this. If we can get the funding that we need, they can come sign up and just take the workshop for free, you know, qualify for it, be able to take the workshop if we have the funding, you know, and right now it's like 150 for the um, safety carpentry basic workshop, $25 for the kids workshop and everything is covered under that. So a lot of people in the community donate. You know, I'll put up posts like, hey, you can sponsor a child, $25. So we'll have people donate 50, 100. And however many times that happens, that's how many kids it covers in the workshops. Mm-hmm. And then with the adults, it's simply as it's simple that it's no age limit. I had women over 60 in my workshop and they actually took to it um, mostly because, you know, they're older, they're settled in their ways, and now they're ready to redo their own backsplash in their house. Oh, and save nice. the money. So, yeah, and those are some of the things. Yes, that's what we do. And so, the end game, you ask me, what is the end game? The yeah. end game is not necessarily an end game. This is one of those things like in high school where you had shop mm-hmm. or something and you learn home ec and you learn how to sew. So, you're still learning something here. You can take it with you, whatever you want to do with it. 
Of course, I absolutely hope that any of these women who want to enter to the construction trades, I have the means and the avenue to help them get into it. So it's completely a, a fun thing. It's, um, it's a choice if they decide they want to go into the construction trades full time. I'm the person that you want to see because I do have connections with the union. I am not union. My company is not union. I'm proud to not be union, but I'm not against other people, you know, starting their career going into the union because you definitely get great benefits. Um, you get great pay. It's just that, you know, at what price? Well, you know, let's, let's talk about your own background for a minute sure. because um, you told us about Girls Build and what you've been doing. And we know you're a carpenter and you own your business with your husband. 90 degree construction. How did you get started out? Oh boy. <laughs> oh, how did I get started out? So I got started out crazy. This is my favorite story to tell. When I back in back, back some a long time ago, about 12 years ago, uh, when I was a single mom and I was on welfare, life was hardest, the hardest time of my life. Um, and I was on sec I had section eight. And it was that inspection time of the year we came around. And you know how during the inspection time of year, they'll come to the house, make sure everything is good, replace anything need to be replaced. So I needed some doors replaced and they sent my husband. Now, of course, I didn't know who he was at that time. I had oh. been doing this about four years at the time. And so I was used to people coming over and you know just being courteous when they're in my home. And so I said, hey, if you want something to drink, just let me know, I'm not gonna bite, you know, just do what you need to do, it was all good. And then he smiled and I was like, oh, you have a really nice smile. And I promise I was not flirting. It was Aww. just like, it was, he really, it was like, wow. It was <laughs> one of those smiles that just made you feel better. And so um, that's how I met him. And mm -hmm. so we started to date after a couple of weeks and I came to one of his job sites and I'm like, if you're a carpenter, why are you on a roof? Mm -hmm. And in my mind, my toxic, you know, broken mind from who I was at the time, he already lying. He said he a carpenter. He lying. He on a roof. I didn't know what a carpenter was. He was like, well, what do you think a carpenter is? I said, well, don't you lay carpet? And so him and his friend laughed. <laughs> <laughs> they laughed at me. And so I Google. He said, Google it real quick. I Googled. I just see all these houses. And he was like, carpenters are the ones who build. I was like, I took this class in high school. I took a woodshop class, but they yeah. never used the term carpentry. And so that's how I got started. And I was like, oh man, can, can you show me some stuff? And he was like, you sure you want to? I'm like, yes, I've always been that hands-on girl. The tomboy in school, that was who I was. And so he was like, yeah. So at the time I was in nursing because I went to college immediately after high school to be a nurse, did that for 12 years. Um, desperately wanted to get out of it because working in oncology is not something that anyone can get used to. Well, not me anyway, but um, I started doing more of the work with him on the side. He was training me and that's how I got into construction full time. And he, I just kind of made it my own and took it to where I can show other women how to do it. Because trust me, I have went through years of men looking at me crazy, yelling, all the things so I can cut it out and learn how to teach a woman mm -hmm. uh, in layman terms. So what I do is I literally teach women in layman terms comfortably. They can mess up and not feel like airheads, mm -hmm. they can make a mistake and try 10 times. I don't care because yes, I can build a house, but I tell people all the time, I am, I cannot build a house by myself. Right. You know, it's a teamwork. So I, like I said, when the women come to the workshops, we work as a team. And that is something you have to know because the rule of thumb is if you can read a tape measure, you can get a job anywhere. And so that's the first thing we learn how to do. Now we, 
touched on at the beginning of the episode, we talked a little bit about, you know, the idea of affinity groups and representation. Um, in your talking points before the episode, you mentioned being a female in a male-dominated industry, which is something that, of course, we can talk about, but also racial bias in construction. And um, do you want to talk to those two things and how they come together and interact? Yeah. Um, so more so the racial bias thing um, in construction was, is more so what happened with my husband. It was when you're in the union and um, they rather have the, they were basically, even though he had the skills, 23 years, they would have rather given me a position than him that I wasn't qualified just so he wouldn't be in that position. Now, I don't care who argues with this because this is something that was brought to their attention. And that's something that I'm not going to tolerate. First, don't ever try to play me against my husband. Two, he's well-qualified. You hired him for that. Stick to your word. Do what you need to do. That's the racial part of it, how it works at times. It's all bias. It's all favorites. Oh, that's my cousin. That's my friend's son. Favorites. Mm -hmm. I watched during the pandemic. I watched every person I knew of color get laid off. Most of the people who were in the union got laid off during the pandemic because they all reached out to our company to ask us for work. Now, at this time, the union was kind of uh, like harassing, stalking us to see who we had on our job sites that were union. And they said that we were poaching their, you know, their workers as if we were recruiting them. No, you guys laid them off. These people have families. They need money. And the fine print in the union says, when you become union, you cannot do any side work at all. But we all know that most people do. It's just that only the black crews are fined for doing this work. And I say that um, with confidence and with backup because it's all about who you know. I knew a woman in the office who worked in the office um, with the union and verified to me, you know, in private, that we were the only black crew in the union who got fined. None of the white guys got fined, and everyone does side work and so that's kind of how that worked as far as being a female in there you name it you name it you just you name it because one we should not have to try we should not have to share restrooms with the men let's just get that out well, hold up porta potties not mm -hmm. restrooms we all know how nasty porta potties are and even though they have them out there for women at times the men still use and abuse them mm -hmm. and, it, and it's on purpose you go in there and they did they draw all of these weird pictures on the wall, just just very degrading pictures of boobs and you know, whatever it is mm -hmm. in the women's stalls. Um, they make women do the things that they know a woman cannot physically do because it's called it's their form of hazing. So mm -hmm. instead of you allowing a woman to learn and put forth her skills in what she does, they are, they literally take advantage of them. They'll have you, they'll have a woman pick up the hard and carry the, the toughest stuff by herself and it's like suddenly these men forget that they come from a woman that they have mothers that they have wives and daughters who might want to get into this one day and instead of treating women like this accept us because there is a huge gender gap in the construction industry I mean and we're just trying to work toward bridging helping to bridge that gap it's over 10 million construction workers nationwide only 10 percent of that are women of that 10 percent only 2.5% actively work on active job sites. The other 7% are in offices, maintenance, they drive. But why is there only 2.5% of women on construction job sites? And laws have changed. 
laws literally protect now. They say, hey, if you don't have this amount of women on your job site, we're going to fine you this much. Mm-hmm. If you don't have this amount of black women on your job site, we're going to fine you this much. And guess what companies are doing? They're going ahead and putting that fine into their bid when they bid on jobs in the mm-hmm. union because they know they're not going to have those numbers. That is kind of the um, differences between the racial bias and then when it comes to women. And I mean, all of the women from they from East Coast to West Coast. I went to a seminar and so with 3000 women there for WBN Women Build Nations, a great event that they have every year for trades women and women are treated the same. I don't care what ethnic background you are, what country I, they have all had the same stories and we have all treated the same. So, again, this is 100 percent for women and girls and even just getting that exposure. And what has it been like throughout all of this being a mom? Because I know you were a single mom for a while. Um, now you have a partner, you have business with your husband. So what, what has that been like for you? Oh boy, this has been, being a mom during this has been probably the hardest because they're older, the kids are older now, they have their own personalities, they're established. I'm more of a literal person. I'm completely wired different. When I say wire different, I come from a lot of trauma, a lot of childhood trauma myself. So I hold my kids to a different kind of standard and I always will. Um, and that standard is simply respect. And we live in a world today where we know that respect is, is hard to come by. But um, it's been hardest because I'm the youngest of the family and I'm also the black sheep of the family. I've been scapegoated. So everything I do is frowned upon. You know, my family can find something wrong with everything I do. Um, going to therapy is, of course, is one of those things that's frowned upon in the black community, but I've went and um, did my time, healed from a lot, still is healing. But um, as far as being a mom during this, I've had the kids right there alongside me. My husband had them right alongside him, different times, different places. They know this. They, If they wanted to get into it, they absolutely could. They're actually great and skilled and talented, but it's one of those deals where we're their parents. Mm-hmm. It's It's an entitlement. It's a privilege. You know, so of course, it's not something that's important or mandatory, even though they've made great money working with us, even volunteering for the black, you know, black girls built. It's just not they're not ready for what it is that we're doing. So we cannot include them and I will not include them because this is business. It's not personal. Right. And they can they can work their way up to it. Absolutely. As as time goes on. So, okay, well, so you're doing you have your business, your carpentry business, you're um busy mom. Um, you've written a couple of books and we didn't really get to talk about that too much, uh, but uh, you've written a child's, a children's book, yep, uh, which is for sale on Amazon, Bugging a Bug, which is encouraging kids to, um, I, so I, I was reading some of the reviews and it said um, it really gets kids interested in STEM and science. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah. you've got your memoir, My Aura, which mm-hmm. I, is, I believe is about your experiences with growing yes. up with your family. Yes, absolutely. Um, and where can people find those books? You can still find my era. You can find my era and my unbugging a book on Amazon, or you can go to Barnes and Noble or any major distributor. Um, you can find those. I'm actually working on the part two, the sequel of my memoir now. So, um, I'm looking to have that release that here. It's going to be this year. So once it's done and get it all out, it's a lot of people been waiting on it for a while. I came out with the first one in 2017. It won an award. It did great things, changed a lot of lives, touched a lot of women. And um, this one is going to even do (laughs) just things that's going to make it to the um, New York Times bestseller list because that's what I'm shooting for. 
That's and, is, and the second one is going to be about your experiences at, in construction? Yeah, the second one is going to be is like the rest of the first one. So it's going to be the rest of everything. The stories that didn't end in the first one is going to be the parts of those that come through. Even the um, experience with losing my twin brother, he passed away um, almost 13 years ago. So I finally will be talking about that and how that has changed and affected my life as well. So um, this one is probably the most important book that I'm ever going to write. This one I'm working on right now, and it requires a lot of focus and time and healing because having to relive something like that is just, you know, going through that that shadow work, that dark time. You got to, I got to type and cry and be depressed and then get back to it. So um, I'm looking forward for this one to come out. I really am. JC, um, I know you put yourself out there as a mentor and you're on social, I think as Carpenter Queen. Carpenter Queen. Yeah. With a K. Yeah. Oh, with a K. K W. Yeah. Okay. K W E E N. Yeah. I want people to be able to find you. Where's the best place for people to come to get in touch with you if they want to learn more about you, um, get involved with Girls Build, maybe make a donation to your programming? They can come straight to the Black Girls. They can go straight to the Black Girls Build Inc. Mm -hmm. page, or they can go straight to the Carpenter Queen page. And Carpenter Queen is Carpenter, spell Carpenter, and Queen is spelled K W E E N. So um, I, since I am the founder and executive director, anything anybody wants to learn about who is doing this, you go to the Carpenter Queen page and then you want to see some of the things we've done, go to Black Girls Build Inc. page. Okay, and with you have a message, do you have a, one final message you'd like to share with our audience about, um, you know, about being a Black woman in construction? Yeah, I'll say, I have a quote that, you know, I don't know, I don't really care how it rolls people, is one, I don't stroke egos. And however you want to take that, I do not stroke egos because I don't tell you what you want to hear. You mm -hmm. know, it's up to you if you can handle it, but I don't stroke egos and self-reliance is the beginning of fewer expectations. So the more you can rely on yourself, the less you expect somebody else to do something because we all know that expectations is the reason why most of our feelings get hurt. We expect something different than what we get. So self-reliance is the beginning of fewer expectations. and I do not stroke egos. That's the message I would give. <laughs> JC Sykes, carpenter and co-owner of 90 Degree Construction LLC and the founder and executive director of Black Girls Build Inc. Thank you so much for joining us in the Hazard Thank you. Podcast. Thank you for having me. Peace. See you yeah. guys again soon. See you soon. All right. Thanks, JC. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.